my wife tonight, we're sitting on the couch, and uh, she goes, uh, oh, you're recording tonight? And I say, yeah. She goes, so uh, what are you going to talk about? And I was like, um, well, the next episode of the Ewoks. She's like, oh, okay. What's it about? And I was like, well, <laughs> I was like, it's about a stone and, a, you know, this and that. And she kind of just like starts looking away. And I was just like, <laughs> I was just like, whatever. You just, you know, it's, we're just talking about Ewoks. I don't understand what this line of questioning is. She goes, she goes, well, I got to be honest. I, I haven't listened to a single episode of your oh, show. And I was like, oh, oh. you don't even know. Welcome to Disendorian Life, a Star Wars podcast from the Radio Meanwhile Network. My name is Steve Rudd. Hey, I'm Nick Gunning, and we're following the Ewoks from Return of the Jedi to the Ewok TV movies, the 80s cartoon, and beyond. Who knows where the winds will take us, Steve? Yeah, they could take us across the floating trees. Yeah, you'd have to. Sea of you floating have to, trees. <laughs> you have to get on a tree and, and drive it like an Airbus, but it's possible. You have to. The, the ironic thing about that episode was they were using like oars and stuff. And what are you yeah. pushing against? Yeah, what are you? Just the yeah. air. Yeah. So anyway, today we're discussing season one, episode nine, Sunstar versus Shadowstone. This episode originally aired November 2nd, 1985, when we were wee boys. <laughs> I'm having whiplash with this series. I got to tell you, we had <laughs> the Jindas and that weird Rock King Last week felt yep. like a Guppin spinoff, you know, and yeah, then, yeah, and then today is like, whoa, okay, very different tone. <laughs> yeah, so, it's just when you think that a certain character is going to be a regular or a part of the story, they just get yanked out. You they're know? gone. Like, they're gone. Oh, hey, Guppins, they're pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna see them nine episodes later. Yeah. <laughs> This episode was compiled along with three others on the DVD as The Haunted Village and on VHS as Ewoks, Morag's Revenge, which makes a lot of sense. It does, Just actually. putting the four Morag episodes together, uh, I think, is a, is a good idea and gives you a very different idea of what the series is like because it's a, it's a big difference. This is the first episode written by Paul mm. Dini that we've had in quite a few since, I want to say, episode three. It's been a while. Bob okay, Carew has been writing them for uh, the last right. several, but Paul Dini's back here. And I have to kind of wonder about this episode, if this was written like as episode four or whatever, or if they were like, ah, we probably got to tie up this Morag story and came in and did it later. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> oh, I don't know. It is really it could tough. It go either way, because, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah it could know. totally go either way because it really, there's nothing linking absolutely nothing linking this episode to any of the Morag episodes except for just Morag. Yeah, just Morag appearing. But just the, Morag, yeah. The reason why I think maybe I'm leaning more towards bringing Paul and Dini back to sort of tie up loose ends is because of Tebow. Because we've been following Tebow's yeah. trajectory this whole time, and this, there's kind of a payoff here. But anyway, we're getting yeah. ahead of ourselves. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Foreshadowing. Oh. Written by Paul Dini, directed by Ken <laughs> Stevenson and Raymond DeFelice. I do want to mention, uh, in looking at featured cast members, this is the final appearance of Jackie Burroughs as Morag. Yes. It's kind of a head-scratcher, but this is uh, the final time <laughs> Final time we see Morag. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, isn't it the final time we see Jackie Burroughs, too, yeah. like ever? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Like it. <laughs> <laughs> With apologies to Jackie Burroughs. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Our featured cast member today is Eric Peterson, who voices Tebow all throughout season one. He also did some voice work on the sister show, Droids, 
And I, I, if there's a Care Bears mm-hmm. reference, Steve, I got to bring it up just for you. Uh, on Care Bears, Eric Peterson voices Noble Heart Horse. And I've oh, got to say, I don't remember. Noble Heart. Oh, you, so you know. You remember Noble Heart. I thought Heart. Noble Heart was a lion. That's Brave Or was there Heart. another one? No, that's Brave Heart. Yeah. Oh, okay. Isn't there also a Tender Heart? There is a Tender Heart, yeah. Okay. That's well, a bear, I think. Okay. Well, Noble Heart is a horse, and he was voiced by Eric Peterson. Uh, interesting enough, in live action, he's best known for portraying mm. the character of Oscar Leroy in the Canadian sitcom Corner Gas, uh, a role he reprised in the follow-up movie, as well as the animated series, which is still running as of our time of recording. After I after I wrote that, I was like, "What is this series that has 150 <laughs> episodes?" I yeah, looked I've it never up. heard of it. it. Has a movie? It has a movie and an animated series. So it's on streaming, and okay, my wife and I watched the first three episodes of it. It's actually pretty funny, and Eric Peterson okay. plays like the the dad, like the the main character owns this gas station in the middle of Saskatchewan. It's the only gas station in like 40 miles. And Eric Peterson plays that character's, like, crotchety old dad. And what's so funny is, like, I didn't know which one he was. And as soon as he started talking, he just sounds like Tebow. He just sounds like Tebow as an old man. <laughs> That's awesome. So it's hilarious. Where can we find this show, this it's, streaming show? It's actually, right now it's on IMDb TV. Like, they're, okay. they've got this new, like, fledgling thing. You can watch it there. Right, so, okay. Corner Gas. Never heard of it, Corner but Gas. apparently has more episodes than the original series of Star Trek. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, well, it's like, yeah, that's crazy. I'm, wow. I'm only three episodes in, but it was funny. I think we'll definitely keep watching it. That's really funny. I think that's hilarious. Yeah. That, like, oh, it's Canada. It's really not that far away from True. us, but like, never heard of it. Never heard Tons of it. Tons of episodes. Well, movie. I was kind and... of intrigued to check it out because, I mean, two Canadian sitcoms that I've been loving recently would be Schitt's Creek and Kim's Convenience. Oh, that's Canadian? Yeah, Schitt's oh. Creek and Kim's Convenience, both Canadian shows, and I love okay. Kim's Convenience. Never seen Schitt's Creek, but I have been it recommended it many times, yeah. and I am constantly using the one dude as a as a meme oh, yeah. when I send things like <laughs> you get anything that yeah. you want to meme about, yeah. he is in it. Yeah, Dan He's Levy. In yep. it, you got you know, it. Like, yeah, it's just hilarious. So I'm like, I've just, I should probably watch this show. I use his memes all the you time. You probably should. Yeah, I gotta pay homage. I gotta, yeah, I gotta pay him in kind. You know, <laughs> thank you for, thank you for my wonderful. Yeah, meme. all the memeing. <laughs> or no gifts. That that's what I use. Okay. I don't really, I don't meme a whole lot anymore. But um, <laughs> all right, <clears throat> you're recovering memeer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did when I was on Facebook. I did have like friends that I was like, I have not seen this person in like twenty five years, but they have the greatest memes. So I would refer to them as my meme dealer, yeah, <laughs> because they would always share the greatest yeah. memes. Yep. Oh man. Yep. That checks yeah. out. So, uh, after, yeah. No, so I guess I am a recovering I think meme addict. So, all right, let's get into the uber detailed plot of season one. Episode nine, Sunstar vs. Shadowstone. Okay. Um, d- just by this name, did yes. you think this was going to be some sort of an epic episode? I did. Yeah, I love the name. I, was, I did. I was ready for it. I know. I was like, all right, let's throw down. Yeah. Some. St- <laughs> so uh, anyway, <clears throat> let's see how this uh, episode goes. This episode opens to Chief Chirpa enlightening the younger Ewoks with a story about a marvelous gem called the Sunstar Shadowstone. The gem contained both powers for good and evil. Because of its magic, the Ewoks, afraid of the temptation of its power, never used the gem, but kept it safely hidden. 
There is one who does desire the stone, however. None other than Morag the Tulga Witch. It's the first time she's ever referred to as that. The Tulga Witch. I like it. And we're never told why. <laughs> Long ago, she stole the stone when a brave Ewok confronted her. The Ewok lassoed the tail of the witch's dragon mount and was taken far away to her lair, where the brave Ewok became her slave. But in the secret, but in secret, the Ewok studied her magic in order to turn her magic against her. The Sunstar Shadowstone broke in two, and the Ewok ran off with the Sunstar half of the gem, leaving the Shadowstone still in the possession of Morag. The Sunstar is still in the possession of the brave Ewok, who we discover is none other than Master Logre. The Sorry, Ewok's don't, don't bear- you mean Master Lagre? Oh, Lagre. Lagre. I'm going to bring that up later. Drove me crazy. It drove Drove me me nuts. All right, sorry. Go on, go on. (laughs) So the young Ewoks barely believe Chirpa, except Tebow, his biggest fan, of course. Mm -hmm. The others laugh at him, and Tebow brushes him off while walking away, saying, we'll see how hard you laugh when I start working working real magic that's what he sounds like in corner gas same same voice same voice is he really (laughs) (laughs) you'll see how i pump your gas Mm -hmm. when you pay with you know identical identical loons yeah the next day tebow visits logre who accidentally scares him with a beastly mask he has on the reason for tebow's visit is to inquire about being logre's apprentice Chirpa's story last night inspired Tebow to learn Logre's skills more than what story pebbles can show, because that's what they used. Logre warns that learning is tough and takes time. When Tebow asks how he can start, Logre instructs him to sweep the hut, as well as other simple tasks. Tebow begrudgingly begins sweeping. Later, Tebow struggles to carry a large loca mushroom to Tebow's hut. It's large. It's like... Very big. It's like eight times. Big it's time. like eight times as big as mm-hmm. A lot of shroom. <laughs> he, yep. He sees Latara, who asks him why he's going the wrong way. Exasperated, Tebow loses his attention on the gigantic mushroom, which begins to roll down the steps, bounce on some tree walkways, and straight into Logre's hut. It would have been convenient if it hadn't created such a clatter inside the hut. With Loka spore everywhere and the hut in more disarray than when he started, Tebow begins sweeping once again. Chief Chirpa... Returning the prism pebbles and story gems, enters the hut behind Tebow and chuckles at the prospect of him being Logre's apprentice, even though Logre is a great teacher, which is confusing. A little bit. Tebow picks up a stick, thinking it's some sort of broom, and before Logre can yell, no, Tebow waves it. A bright light emits from the wand, and all of the broken items are repaired, and all the displaced trinkets are returned to the shelves in the hut. The broom begins sweeping on its own before it comes to rest in Tebow's hand. The loca bits also completely disappear from the hut. Tebow is stunned, wondering, did I do that? Urkel reference. Hey, fun fact. Family Matters spun off of the sitcom Perfect Strangers, which I've been binging while sick. (laughs) That's a fact. In case you didn't know. That's a pure fact. That is a fact, yeah. Logre is annoyed because he wanted Tebow to do all the tasks himself without relying on magic, like a good wizard who relies on himself first and then magic. Logre, frustrated, sets off to retrieve more Locaspore. Off, in another part of the village, Wicket and Nisa are taking a walk and spot Latara peeking into Logre's hut. 
I guess that's not off in a different part. <laughs> right off in a different time. <laughs> Later, <laughs> they join in their peeking, <laughs> peeking in when suddenly puffs of smoke emit from the windows and door. It's Cheech and Chong. Yeah, the Ewoks think that magic is happening, so they step inside the hut, only to find Tivo is making puffs of dust, not oh. smoke, cleaning a rug the old-fashioned way by beating it. The Ewoks laugh hysterically because they thought Tebow was casting spells, not cleaning a house. Tebow brags about learning new tricks as he grabs the bag of prism pebbles from the table. He tosses one at Wicket, and at first it does nothing. But after Wicket mocks him, the prism turns into one of the flying squirrels that are indigenous to the treetops. The group begs to see more, and Tebow snatches up the wand from earlier before they all set off into the forest. In the forest, Tebow performs a few magic tricks, like projecting images and levitation, but nothing big. The tricks attract Morag, who is hiding in the bushes nearby. Tebow performs another trick that scares everyone and breaks the wand Tebow is holding. The group is angry that Tebow's magic failed. They decide to leave until they hear a beautiful singing voice in the distance. Attracted to it, they investigate a cave that holds a beautiful woman inside. She invites them to come in, and they do. Suddenly, monsters trap them inside, and the beautiful woman transforms into the terrible Morag. Her plan is to trap Logre when he comes looking for Tebow and the others. Back at the village, Logre looks for Tebow when suddenly his magic top begins spinning and fills the hut with green light. Morag appears in the top and offers an end to their feud. A trade. Return the Sunstar or the Ewoks will be hers forever. Knowing no army could defeat Morag, Logre decides to face her alone. Yeah, because if a thousand people can't do it, one will. <laughs> the oldest man um, in the world will save yeah. them. <laughs> Yeah. My sciatica. Yeah, <laughs> fine, I'll go. And he's like taking forever to just leave the hut. <laughs> At Morag's lair, the Ewoks are slaving away, cleaning up wood. The Ewoks taunt Morag about her power, and she puts them in their place. Logre makes his approach to Morag's lair and incapacitates two of Morag's minions easily. However, Morag knows he approaches because her shadow stone begins to react. Logre demands the witch let the young ones go. Morag turns Logre's own staff against him, exhausting him physically. He is unable to defend himself as Morag's minions approach. At that moment, Tebow calls a charge, and Nisa and Latara respond by pushing Morag's minions off of Logre. Holding out the sunstone, the minions are scared off. In anger, Morag attempts one last spell and strikes the ground with her staff. Tebow is unconvinced it did anything, but suddenly everything begins to shake. The quake causes Logre to drop the Sunstone. Morag sends the Shadowstone hurling toward the Sunstone, and they magnetically connect to each other. The combined stone rises and sets itself right into Morag's staff. Logre pleads with Morag, Morag to release the Ewoks now that she has the Sunstar, but she is selfishly overcome with the combined power of the, of the stone. She doesn't realize the dormant volcano her castle is made of is beginning to come down. Logre and the Ewoks safely escape the cave-in. However, the cave rubble bursts open, revealing Morag. She has become so powerful she has transformed herself into a lava giant. 
She channels the power of the combined stone now embedded in her forehead. Her and Logre face off in battle. In a fight, Logre loses his staff, but is returned to him by Tebow, who risks his own life to retrieve it. Morag's lava form finally charges at Logre, but he speaks an incantation that draws cold water from under the surface of Endor that extinguishes Morag's lava form and turns her to stone. Morag is defeated, but with one last breath, shouts out Logre's name and comes crashing down, engulfing him in a pile of rubble. The Ewoks spend several tearful moments attempting to uncover Logre, but can't. Wicket encourages Tebow, saying if it weren't for his help, Logre wouldn't have been able to defeat Morag. The ground again begins to shake, and Logre's voice is heard chanting, As black night gives into golden morn, as ice disappears when springs reborn, let joy rise up from grief and woe, and from evil's death let new life grow. A massive tree sprouts up from the rubble with Logre already perched, unharmed, in its top branches. He calls out to the young ones, holding the combined stone in his hand. The Ewok kids rejoice. Tebow, however, is sad. He failed Logre, but Logre reminds him he relied on himself rather than magic to help Logre defeat Morag. Despite using up all his prism pebbles, ruining his wand, and almost getting them all killed, Logre is happy they all survived. Back at the village, Logre spins the tale of their adventure using more prism pebbles to animate. Apparently, they're not all gone. <laughs> However, Logre leaves the end of his story on a cliffhanger, not knowing what will happen to the band of Ewoks next. Tebow tries his hand again at a prism pebble, this time lighting off fireworks into the sky. Everyone oohs and ahs. Roll credits. You know what? I liked this episode. I'm just I, I liked it too. It. Yeah. Yeah. It was Are you surprised? I think our listeners are too. They're like <gasps> What? Especially after hey, the last one. No, right? I liked the last episode, as you'll recall. Oh, that's true. But we yeah. both agree. We both agree that I like this one. Yeah. I feel like I've made this criticism multiple times, but it did feel like kind of a different show. Like I sort of forgot that yes. this is I mean, it's in line with the first couple episodes, but I kind of forgot what that felt like. And so yeah. I totally get because I, I had seen the compilations on either vhs or dvd i don't know but i'd seen all these episodes woven together and this episode mm-hmm. is like the la obviously the last episode in the haunted village collection or morag's revenge and so it does yeah. kind of those four episodes do kind of play like a movie uh, when they're cut and it works pretty successfully but i don't know i would have liked to have seen <laughs> more specific character development of both the ewoks and of morag and the whole morag low gray yeah rumble like i would have liked if that was the season arc but Mm -hmm. i'm at least happy that we got a resolution you know which more than i expected or or like a season ending two-parter exactly right like i felt like this was like let's get more on like do an animated backstory rather than like yeah using the prism pebbles to kind of tell the story of low gray you know and you see like the you know, the image blur and it's like low gray and Morag younger and all of a sudden Morag, let's oh, just say Morag yeah. looks like a normal creature, right? right. But like the, the shadow stone has like corrupted the way she looks, right? Like just getting a little bit more into that because yeah. that was actually compelling, right? It was. When it you was, think, but, oh, but it's just so. They're just using a stone again. Right. And it's just so shockingly different from like 
you know, the rampage of the flogs or any of these like super goofy yeah. episodes that we've had in between the Morag episodes. So it's, it's very jarring. But I think if you take just this episode and watch it by itself, or if you watch that DVD or VHS compilation and watch the four episodes together, then it does kind of feel like a cohesive story. So, you know, yeah, got to give them props for that. Uh, but yeah, I uh, this was one of the ones where I was having a good time and not constantly checking the counter. Well, it all I mean, it hits every it hits every uh, necessary thing to to make a compelling episode. I think, yeah. you know, like, yeah, we've had an episode already with a rock, but that was just like the whole episode. It was just a random rock right. until the very end. Mm hmm. And then it was like, oh, the one thing that we need. I mean, it's a giant planet, but you happen to have the one rock, you know, that saves the day, right? Where this was like, okay, there was a rock, but the rock is part of the story. Yeah. We, we finally get why Morag wants revenge right. on Logre. Yes. The rock itself plays a part in the story. We're finally getting closure to a little tidbit that was dropped in uh, you know <laughs> like seven episodes ago about like wanting revenge really against low gray and we're kind of like oh okay what, what is that you know what's that like now nah, next episode we're doing guppins and then yeah <laughs> and all yeah. this stuff and you're like wait well, a minute what putting such a spotlight on a dumb show like this as we are with this podcast is really <laughs> highlighting <laughs> wait, how... what <laughs> it's highlighting how <laughs> difficult it is to follow any kind of through lines. Because if you go back and listen to our first couple of episodes, I think we're kind of complaining about like, why is this so dark? Why is this so heavy? You know, like, yeah. why is this what we're doing Ewok wise? And then we have a change where we get a little lighter and we're like, okay, this feels better. This feels more natural. And then we go to the, you know, mini epic that's stupid every single episode. And that's also <laughs> yeah. irritating. Yeah. So it's like, None of the little pivots that they do really seem to work. You have to kind of cherry pick yeah. and be like, okay, these episodes go together. These episodes go together. You know, and these episodes are just remixed versions of each other. There's just all these weird little problems and caveats in it. And it's really difficult, I think, to kind of nail down any specific criticism because it's just all over yeah. the place. You know? It is. And it's, it's it, I mean, most normal shows aren't, like that right yeah. i mean like even think about like it just re you know this kind of aspect reminded me of like um voyager right where they where they kind of yeah star trek voyager where they might ex they might like like the herogen right you get like three or four herogen episodes and then they move on and then it's the swarm and then they move on and then yeah. it's the you know and then it's like somebody else and then it's not like we're getting like two episodes of something and then all of a sudden, a bunch of episodes of another thing, and then two episodes of that same thing that we had yeah. four episodes ago, and it's just like, wait a minute, like what? Like, are they even going anywhere in space, yeah. or are they just staying in the same spot? So this, when they do this, you lose the compelling aspect of that story, and I think yeah. the only reason it's resounded with us is because we've talked about it yeah. longer than the twenty-one minute episode. Yeah. Like instead of just watching it and then yeah. continuing once a week or something, like as kids. We would never, you would, 
they're not going to think like, oh yeah, remember Logre and Morag have right. history they, yeah, with each other. Yeah, there's a beef there. Like, yeah. yeah, no way. Yeah, no way. And I, I mean, I would make the argument that Voyager remains like at least tonally consistent, and here it doesn't. Like you're yes. allowed to have a yep. goofy episode and a serious episode. Like that's fine. And I think if you look at all of the contemporaries to this, the Smurfs, the Snorks, mm-hmm. the Care Bears, whatever, some of those episodes are just like a, a, there's a goofy little MacGuffin, and they have to work to figure it out. And other times it's like gargamel is going to eat these smurfs yeah you know and that's okay because it still feels like the same show this feels like a retool every single episode yes and yep main problem i feel like if i if i could choose one thing it would be to identify the characters more clearly because mm-hmm. chief chirpa and logre like if they're not both on the screen i lose track of who's who same with <laughs> same with tebow and wicket you know tebow like, and wicket yeah their design is very similar. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and the girls, Nisa, Latara, and Milani, all three of them, Milani I sort of, I sort the of feel like. One. Yeah. Ah, you know, like just. Yep. They're not established enough. No. no. And yeah. you throw them in weird combinations and stuff. And so, like, I never really know who we're following. And I don't think a kid would either. Maybe a kid wouldn't care. Maybe a kid would just be like, yeah, Ewoks, but I yeah. don't know. <laughs> I, I've got to say, when. When Morag is in her sexy honey trap disguise, that cracked me up. <laughs> I know. What a weird yeah, plan. So obvious. What a weird plan. Like, was, like, like she just, just sent your minions and right, just trapped them. Right. Like, but like, just like that. You know? I think it's very funny that she doesn't, like if she can turn into anything, she doesn't turn into something that would be like appealing to Ewoks. Maybe it would. I don't know what they're into. But like yeah. she doesn't turn into a cute Ewok. She turns into like a sexy anthropomorphic like witch bear. And it's like, <laughs> why is this a part of the plan what are you doing uh, she looked like a character from ducktales where you're like not she sure did. if it's like a muskrat or she a weasel did. or something exactly. <laughs> like, is that a meerkat like exactly. is that a sexy meerkat she okay, looked like a right. villainous ducktales love interest <laughs> Woo! oh it's got a very pretty nose mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah like that that whole scene that was kind of extra where it was just like yo <laughs> morag like you're you're yeah. a witch like just use a spell and like inca- like we just see it, we see later on Logre like completely incapacitate two minions yeah. and it's just like she can't do that with I... the evil sun- <laughs> sunstone like just like make them sick and throw I up the, all those like up. evil mcdonald's fry guys that were like her minions oh, you yeah. know just like the fluffiness and the legs there's one scene like towards the end where there's where, where stuff's happened and they're running away and it's really clearly that, that the animation is just sped up. Did you catch that? When they run out, it's just like, <laughs> it's like too fast. And yeah, like a it's weird, so bad. It's like yeah. it's fast forwarded. It's very strange. But, but, I mean, the good. I I do really yeah. like that Logre and Morag have this backstory. I like that Logre mm-hmm. the one to like come and save the day. I like that they have a showdown. I think, I was watching this one with my son. And Morag sort of like dripping down into the lava. He was like, oh my gosh. And when she comes back as a big lava monster, he was yeah. pretty genuinely like, whoa, like this is serious. So, yeah, she's pretty scary. You know, I think it works. I think it works. I kind of liked, I mean, it's corny, but I like that Logre like turned her life force into something positive. You know, mm-hmm. I kind of like that. Yeah, the tree. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, you know, her life force returns to Endor and now is something beautiful. And, I don't think Morag would have been thrilled about that, but, you know. Yeah. Well, it is from evil's death, let new life grow. There you go. Right? So yeah. it's, you know, the evil of, of Morag is now, you a know. A nice little tree. A tree a that nice they're probably going to have to save in a couple of episodes. 
this this episode is guilty of one of my biggest pet peeves where characters just inexplicably pronounce names wrong oh my god because all morag ever said was lagre yeah there was a scene that bothered me because it okay. was it was like a she did say like I'll get you Lagre and then you hear one of the Ewok kids yep. go no like Lagre and I was yeah. like it's so different yeah I know <laughs> I know like, but I mean that oh, I think you got to blame direction on that because I doubt very yeah, that, much that, that the actors were in the same room together they don't know how the other one's saying it you know what I mean yeah but that's, that's really so annoying. crazy that's though. a really annoying no thing that. to not catch yeah. <laughs> Uh, did you have a did you have an Ichiwawa moment? Okay, I think I do know. I, I did nail it down to the fact that finally we get Tebow's episode. Yeah, right. Yep. And he's really good with magic. Yeah, like he like, yep. <laughs> like with very little training, he just you know moves a wand around and boom, cleans up the entire hut. And you know, despite. You know, like, it's almost like that reluctant... You see that in movies, right? When, like, you have a really skilled player or sports yeah. movies. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, really good. But, the, the you know, the coach is like, mm, you know, I don't know. You know, like, <laughs> you still suck. And so yeah. you need to do all these things, right? So it's, like, that moment. So I thought that was kind of cool that, yeah. like, you know, he fir- he gets his first taste of, like, real magic that he's using from his brain. Not prism stones mm-hmm. or, you know, little rocks yeah. or things like that. And he's actually good. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really cool. For me, it was, the, it was the final showdown when Morag is like the, the yeah. lava monster and Logre like stands up to her and, you know, turns her to stone and all that. I mean, I thought that was cool. Him like tapping into yeah. the water from Endor and using that to like spray her down. Although like, I don't know, if you're like a, a, a magic witch monster with a super powerful stone, it seems like getting sprayed with a hose would not be enough to kill you. But I still yeah. thought the scene was cool and fun. Because it would be magical lava, right? not just... No, lava, just regular lava. old lava. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> your Oak of Arc moment. What was your Oak of Arc moment? Probably the giant mushroom. Like him carrying it, <laughs> like carrying it up the wrong stairs. And her being like, why are you carrying it up there? And him being like, wah, wah, wah. And then like dropping <laughs> the mushroom. I don't know. That whole little section, I was just like, let's, yeah. let's speed it up. Don't you know where you were like let's literally this up. morning? Like, mushroom, man. Yeah. What about you? Mine was... Mine was the low gray versus law gray. Oh, that yeah, I just could not. I could yeah. not get past. No, that's that, excruciating. You know? Yep. But didn't you know soil the the whole episode for me? That was just one of those. It's like, ugh, yeah. really? Like, yeah. It's such an easy name. But uh, yeah, low gray versus law gray. She mm-hmm. would say it in just a way too La that you're like, oh, it's not just the way her voice yeah. is. She's definitely saying. No, La she's gray. pronouncing it different. But it's hard because she's also definitely a smoker. So you never know. You never yeah. know where that where that sounds coming from. <laughs> well, maybe that's his new. Well, okay, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe yeah. that's Logre's new name. He was just like, I'm uh, gonna hide. Yeah. And I'm He's instead undercover. of gonna be Logre, I'm mm-hmm. gonna be Logre. Very clever. Yeah, because he's, ever... he's trying to be low low cover. Who would ever like, put it really? together? Who would put it together? Yeah. What was your moral or lesson that you picked up? I don't know. This one was like I had like a. Like a rely on yourself yeah. or your own instincts or you know yep. things like that. Like Agreed. that was for me. I think that's that's pretty much what it was. That yeah. that was pretty obvious when he's like, oh, a, a good wizard relies on himself, mm-hmm. then magic, and mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> yeah. And it's, I just think back to like he just picked up the the staff and it just threw it to yeah. you. So like, yeah. so he <laughs> and he almost and he almost got killed or hurt doing it. So like, wouldn't it have just been better to be like? 
Well, I, I mean, I guess if you waved your hand and the wand lifted up and then flew over to me, that would have been much better. You right. wouldn't have actually right. risked well, your like, life. Even when but... he's like cleaning the room, when he uses the wand to clean the room, it's like, well, why would yeah. he spend all that time cleaning it up? Yeah. All he has to do is shake the <laughs> wand, but whatever. I mean, he has learned magic. I would say that's self-reliance, you know? That's true, like, yeah. It's not like he's just tapping it out anyway. And then you got to think, why is Logray's hut actually dirty? Was it not because Ever. of the mushroom? Was it the mushroom that knocked well, it over? No, he asked him to clean it before, before the, he mushroom. Got the mushroom. Yeah, He's a bachelor. Yeah. Just a sloppy old bachelor. Just sloppy old He doesn't yeah, have anyone to impress. Man. You know? I mean, He's not you'd have to clean your hut if you had a freaking 13 foot round <laughs> loca mushroom. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. No cover What's space. What's he going to do with that thing anyway? No like, storage what? space. That's the thing. Yeah. He's going to put it on the bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Um, Yub nubs. I'm gonna go. I'm I'm gonna be into the into the fours for yep. this one because yep. I really enjoyed this one. I'm gonna give. I'm thinking. I'm thinking this is like a four point two five. This okay. was like a. I don't know if I could give it a four and a half because I'm still holding off for like a little bit better because I've given an episode a four and a half and I thought that one was really good. But this one was this one was good. Yeah. But I wasn't like whoa that was. I think if it was on the tails of an episode that dealt with it, like if it was one, if this well, was true. like yeah. the fourth, I think I would give it much higher marks because yeah. it would have been like, oh, that good closing to that. Yeah. You know, well, Morag instead you had to kind of remind yourself what Morag was all about. You know, it wasn't just yeah. like on the tip of your tongue. I am going to go ahead and go with a four and a half because I go. never thought we'd see the day where any kind of story resolved. <laughs> and the fact that it did in an episode that was pretty entertaining it was exciting and it had humor that you know was cute most of the time stupid occasionally but cute overall i think based on past episodes i I can give it a 4.5 there you go yeah you did what i was afraid of doing (laughs) well i had the courage i I had the courage because i learned (laughs) self-reliance yep yeah well (laughs) it's because i learned by trusting magic before oh, myself. see yeah. that's you can't do that you yep. cannot do that can't do that okay yep all right well <laughs> uh as fun as this was i can't wait to see what happens next because next time we're going to be talking about are you ready for it steve the oh, star yeah. wars holiday special let's go are you excited <laughs> we were we were talking about the holiday special in our like mini pilot episode and now the time yeah. has finally come to cover it I can't wait. All right, man. I'll see you next time for the Star Wars Holiday Special. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. This Endorian Life was brought to you by the Radio Meanwhile Network. You can find more about this show and others like it at our network's website, radiomeanwhile.com. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Facebook or Twitter at Endorian Life. And please rate, subscribe, and share this show wherever you get your podcasts.